Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to The Art of Being You. Today, I'm going to let you in on a big life change that's been going on in my world. And uh, pretty much everybody knows, I think, at this point, if you follow me on other platforms. But I wanted to make sure and let all of you guys know here as well. Over the last several months, my husband and I have been on a really interesting journey with Jesus. It all started, actually, as I was praying into 2021. And I was asking the Lord, you know, what's my word for the year and trying to establish goals and some of those things, which I absolutely love to do. And this particular year, God said to me, hey, Rachel, your strategic nature is not something I want you to use in this next season. And I remember thinking, well, Lord, I am strategic. If you're familiar with the Gallup Finder certification process, the, the test that they do, my number one strength is strategic. I'm like, come on, God, that's who I am. You can't tell me not to use that. And I just felt his gentle, tender, loving self inviting me to lay that part of myself aside. He said, Rachel, I want you to trust me day by day. I want you to to rely on me in utter dependence. Now, I want to just make a note here in case you're wondering. I do trust God. I trust God deeply, even in my strategic side. I think what God was inviting me into was learning and experiencing and practicing trust in a different way than what I'm comfortable with. And ultimately, of course, I said, yes, okay, God, I will lay my strategic side down. And as we moved through January and we were, you know, getting some things up and going with our church, it was like so frustrating. I felt like I was having out of body experiences all the time because God was telling me, I do not want you to make goals. Now, I want to say that never in my wildest dreams did I think that God saying don't make goals was meaning he was about to uproot my life in the most dramatic fashion. But that's the journey he was leading me down. And as that began to, you know, the months began to go by, the weeks began to go by, I just began to have this holy dissatisfaction with how my life was. The only way I can explain it was like the grace of God had turned off. What's wild about this is I was seeing breakthrough in incredible ways. God was doing unbelievable things. And yet internally in myself, I just felt like something had changed. I'm not talking about my faith. I'm talking about my calling, my assignment probably is a better way to say it. And I began to ask some hard questions. God, what is this feeling? What is this that I'm sensing? What do I do about it? Ultimately, through a lot of prayer, I felt like God was asking me to lay down my role as a senior pastor. And initially I thought, nope, not going to do that, Lord, not unless you really tell me that I have to. But I felt this just absolutely tender invitation to trust him. 
And what you probably don't know is over the course of the last eight years, so my husband and I moved to Oklahoma City uh, in the summer of 2013. So eight years ago, we moved to plant this church. And I didn't know if we would be the senior pastors forever. It was not like one of those things where you say, this is my lifelong calling or anything like that. I just knew that God had asked us to do it. And multiple times over the last eight years, I've tried to quit. I just am going to be honest with you. I've tried to quit. I've tried to let, to, to get myself, to get the guts to ask God to release me from this particular calling. In this process, I've been through tremendous physical issues. I've had a couple of major health issues. I almost died. I had pulmonary embolisms in my lungs. I had an ectopic pregnancy where my fallopian tube ruptured. I had uh, some other things going on as well. It was just a really, really difficult several years. And I'll remember this forever. When I had my ectopic pregnancy in September of 2019, about a week after that happened, I just was so done with God, not with my faith, not with believing him, but I just had hit absolute rock bottom with what my physical body could endure. And, uh, you know, I, I, we were, we thought we were done having kids. We didn't plan on having any more kids. And then I got this absolute surprise pregnancy five days later, my fallopian tube ruptured. So it was just a whirlwind of absolute chaos. And I'm not going to say I felt abandoned by God because that wasn't the feeling. What I felt was that this was too hard. What he was asking me to do was too hard. And I remember saying to my husband, I think I want to quit. And I knew when I said that, it was like I was tapping out. It was like God did not want me to quit, but I wanted to, if that makes sense. He just lovingly looked back at me and he said, you know, babe, if, if you still feel this way in two weeks, we can really have this conversation, but I don't want to uproot our lives and make some big decision just after what you've been through. And I said, you know, that probably sounds like wisdom. That's a good idea. <laughs> so fast forward two years, you know, here we are. I'm still in this role. Actually, what happened was that very night, God met me. I, I listened to a sermon that he brought across my lap, and I honestly felt like defibrillator paddles came out of heaven, shocked me back to life, and I was a completely new person. I don't know how to explain it, but God was so kind and met me, and, and for the last two years, never once have I thought about tapping out. And so when God began to invite me to lay this down, it was almost this place of frustration. Like, God, I wanted to quit before, right? And, and now I don't want to quit. And you're telling me to do this. And so I said to my husband, I think this is where God is leading me. I said, I think I really want you to pray about it. And of all the times we've talked about quitting, he has never once been open, right? He's always like, no, we're in this. God has called us to it until he tells us to not be in it. We're in it. And this time he said, you know, I think I've been sensing the same thing. And we just kind of had this pause moment of what is happening. He began to pray. I began to pray. We began to seek a lot of counsel and wisdom from various people and really felt like God was saying our time as senior pastors was over, was coming to a close. I can't promise that we'll never be senior pastors again. I have no idea what the future holds. But what I do know is what he's asked us to do is, is lay this down. So in the process, for those of you guys that are wondering, what we ended up deciding to do and really felt like God had led us to do was to merge our church with another new church plant in town led by some dear friends of ours, and they're going to become the senior pastors. In fact, we're already in that process by the time you're hearing this now. They're going to become the senior pastors, and Grant and I are going to support them and, and really just serve alongside of them without carrying the senior role title. 
And it's been a really, really interesting process. Of course, there was a tremendous amount of grief that came up. There was a tremendous amount of like identity shaking, right? Uh, it's like you think you know where your identity is, but then you make a big change and you have to reevaluate where is my identity? Who am I apart from the assignment that God has given? And, you know, the process that we're in, it's, it's a really undefined process. If you've ever been in a transition like this, then you probably relate. The temptation is to rush into a new thing, right? Even as I've prayed over the last several months, it's like there's this drawing to go ahead and establish something new and and occupy my time. And I just have felt the Lord consistently coming back and saying, Rachel, I, I want you to commune with me. I want you to rest. I want you to just be with me and trust that I'm going to bring the new thing when it's time. When my husband and I started dating, we had been friends for two years. We actually were like best friends. We spent multiple days together a week. We did ministry together. We were very close friends, never really ever thought about dating each other until we started thinking about dating each other. And uh, I will never forget our first accidental date. He was liking me. I was liking him. We were in that phase where you don't really talk about it because you're kind of like, this could ruin our friendship and I need you as my friend in my life kind of thing. And uh, we were, I was in town for a couple days at my, in Waco, Texas, where I went to college and he was staying there over the summer. And he was like, Hey, let's go to dinner. We had this friend who got a waiter job at a restaurant and it was kind of a nicer restaurant, but, um, you know, we were like, we literally both of us wanted to go see this friend. And I don't know why neither one of us thought about <clears throat> the fact that we were like going on an accidental date. And he came to my house to pick me up because we're like, let's ride together, right? That makes sense. And I come out to the car and he says, would it be, <laughs> I'll never forget this. He looked at me and he said, would it be weird if I opened the door for you? And I already kind of had feelings for this guy. And I just was like out of my mind, you know, like, this is so awkward. This transition in our life is so awkward. And I said, okay, sure. And he came around the car and he opened the door for me. And he's been opening the door for me most of the time since then. It was like 17 years ago, we've been married this summer. So 18 years ago, this started. So as I'm sitting here with the Lord and I'm telling God, why do I have this, this, this absolute desire to rush into the next thing? Why do I have this desire to, to you know, create something to like basically just bypass the rest of what this transition is doing? And I felt like the Lord said to me, I want to be a Texas gentleman to you, and I want to open the door. He said, I want you to just rest and wait for me to come around and use my hand on the handle. And of course, I was immediately taken back to this moment, this awkward accidental date my husband and I were on where he awkwardly said, can I open this door for you? I realized in that moment, there's something about my personal nature, and some of you guys might relate to this, but it's like, I, I don't like feeling vulnerable. Now, I am a vulnerable person, but it's because I made the deliberate choice to be vulnerable at times. But in terms of true vulnerability, like where I feel unprotected, when I feel like I'm letting my truest guard down in the moment as it's happening, I do not like that feeling. To be waiting on God to open a door is such a challenging feeling for me, and I know I'm not alone. 
But what I am realizing more than ever in this season is that in the unknown places, we are given this opportunity to commune with God and just be with him. It's like it's not about a working relationship, right? I'm not trying to get something from him so that I can give it to someone else. I'm just being with him. It's just me and him. And that is actually so glorious. It's beautiful. It's intoxicating. It's enamoring. And I want more of it. But there's this part of me that just wants to rush through. So in case you're wondering and you're going, well, what are you rushing towards? Well, we feel like God is challenging us to basically create a a ministry where we're going to resource the body of Christ with um, lots of different discipleship-oriented materials. So we're going to base out of our home community here in Oklahoma City. We'll still be around our local community for sure, being a part of that. Um, Our business and everything will still do what it does, but we're basically going to open up a new branch of what we do, and we're going to call it Goodness Culture. And I'm sure you're going to hear more about that in the coming weeks and months as we get it established, but I think we'll be launching even another podcast related to that, and it'll have its own Instagram page and all these kinds of things. And, And the idea behind it is to really help equip people to encounter the goodness of God in every area of their life. Essentially, I feel like that's my life assignment. That's the biggest calling. That's what God has put me on this earth to do, to help people connect with him. And I'm really looking forward to him opening the door for me to get to do that more. But in the meantime, our focus is to rest, to be with God, to enjoy him and to transition well. I absolutely love my church community. I absolutely love the people that they are. It has been an unbelievable journey to get to be their pastor. There's parts of it I know I'm going to miss deeply, deeply, even just sitting here thinking about it. I know I'm going to miss it. But at the same time, it's such a beautiful thing to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So that's what's going on in my life. And I thought maybe I would just spend a few minutes giving you guys some thoughts and, and, and I don't know, words of wisdom or whatever on how I make big life decisions like this. It doesn't have to, your decisions don't have to be made like how I do, but God has given me uh, some interesting things that have been really helpful for me. And for me, if I'm going to make a major move with my life, I'm always asking God for echoes in the spirit realm. What I mean by that is I'm asking him to confirm what he's saying. Nine times out of 10, in fact, for me, 10 times out of 10, when God is leading me to do something new, it starts in my spirit. It's like that still small voice that begins to just kind of knock on the door and say, hey, what about this? Hey, have you thought about this? That's how I'm wired, and so that's how God speaks to me. I know there are others that are wired differently, and he absolutely will create a language with you. But once I begin to feel that leading, I begin the filtering process because I'm an idea person. I think that I have more ideas than the average human being combined. I don't know why I'm like this. 
you know that phrase that says that women have like 60,000 thoughts a day and men have 30,000 on average or something like that. And my husband and I always joke that I max out the 60,000. I mean, there's like so many thoughts firing through my mind, even simultaneously. So when I have an idea, I'd never believe it's God the first time. Usually I have to like, even if I know it's God in my spirit, I have to really check it. And if it's a big deal, I have to check it with people who know me really well. I have an inner circle of about two or three people that really know how I operate. They know how I think. They know my issues. They know the areas of weakness. They are walking with me through all of that. And I will give them permission to say, do you think I'm totally off base here? And if it's a big decision like this one, we pray about it together. I just invite them. Hey, we're going to take the next couple of weeks. Would you be praying for me? Would you be praying with me and share with me what you feel like God is saying? When my husband and I moved to Oklahoma City to plant our church, we had this interesting phenomenon happen where it began as a thought in my mind. God began to speak it to my husband, and then we began to get words of confirmation from other people who didn't know what was going on. One of the people in our life back then had a dream that we had moved to do a different ministry. She had that dream three months before God spoke this to us. And when she shared that with me, it was so confirming, knowing that God was going before us, preparing a way. We've had similar things happening this time around as well. And it's like, you know, if we're going to make a big change, we need to hear big from God. But it's not always audible. So what it looks like is paying attention to what he's saying and trusting that he's going to bring you confirmation or he's going to kill the idea. That's one of the biggest prayers that I pray when I'm making a big decision. Lord, if this is not you, put your thumb on it and squash it like a bug. I don't want to go down a road that's going to lead me away from the things you have for me. When that's the posture of your heart, more often than not, God is going to guide you clearly. You're going to know what he's saying. For my husband and I on this particular thing, we just began to pray, Lord, we want to feel led by you like you are a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. That was our prayer. We want to feel this type of leadership from you. And boy, did God deliver. It's like you you just begin to know in your soul, things begin to line up, doors begin to open. And, and we had all these breakthroughs happening that we've been contending for for a long time. They were what I would call signs and wonders to the word that God was speaking. If you are in the middle of a transition in your life, it's a really vulnerable place. And it's a really vulnerable place to be sucked into what I call the door of obscurity. I've had this temptation quite a bit in this process. You know, God, you you have given me this, this platform as a pastor. And if I walk away from this, right, if I follow you into this potential wilderness what is that going to mean for what I do with my life? How's that going to affect, you know, the platform, right? The, the avenue that you use me through. And there's this little whisper of obscurity, at least for me, that keeps trying to get my ear and my attention. But here's what I know to be true. It doesn't matter what I do with my life until like as long as I'm serving Jesus, It doesn't matter what I do with my life as long as I'm obeying what he's asking me to do. I could be a stay-at-home mom and literally never be on social media and no one knows my name and I'm serving my kids and I'm raising them up and I'm doing the call of God on my life. And it's not just that that's enough. That is glory if that's what God has called me to. If he's called me to be a resourcer and equipper to the body of Christ, it's the same, right? We have to be true to our assignments. So... 
I'm probably rambling at this point, but I wanted to bring you guys into the journey a little bit. And for those of you that have made big transitions or are making big transitions, hopefully that's helpful for you. I'm always asking God for confirmation, but I'm going to move forward even if I don't get it right. I'm going to move forward when I know that the voice of God has spoken. Well, you guys, it's going to be an interesting summer for me. It's going to be a big summer of transition and change, but I am actually really expecting God to show up and do incredible things. I'm super thankful for my time as the pastor of Bethel OKC. It's been an unbelievable privilege. And I'm looking forward to what's next, however it takes shape. I'm looking forward to being a part of my church community still. And I'm looking forward to continuing this podcast with you guys. Until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.